Hey, Grace Gang. So I just want to say hello to everyone. Thank you again for joining me with Amaze and Grace. So we're going to hop right into today's topic, which is something that is kind of a touchy subject. It's kind of a touchy topic, but it's, it's a very real and needed conversation that needs to happen, especially with millennials and especially with young adults who are dating and who are newly in new relationships or even people who are um, engaged or getting ready to be married. So my subject is you cannot finesse fornication (laughs) it just can't happen you cannot finesse the actions of fornicating so I'm gonna try to break this down as much as I can kind of the way that the Lord has given it to me because um I've said this to you guys plenty of times. I am not perfect. I am not sitting here judging or anything like that. Whenever God gives me a word, he is cutting me with it too. That's why the word is a two-edged sword. Um, when the person is speaking it, trust and believe that God is dealing with them on their on their point too, on their side too. So with that being said, um, I know what fornication is because I've dealt with fornication. Um, I'm pretty sure a lot of people in this world have dealt with face-to-face fornication. And um, for those who are not familiar with the word fornication, it is a term that is used in the Bible for any sexual uh, misconduct or activity that occurs when you're outside of a marriage, uh, outside of a covenant under God with um, a husband or a wife. Um, so can you say half of America? (laughs) I mean, let's keep it real. So, um, but the term is like, but when you come to know the knowledge of certain things, it's very hard for you to say, uh, forgive me, God. So I, I know not what I do. It's very hard for you to turn your head, turn the other cheek from the truth and what you know. So that is why I want to educate others on, you know, why is this such a big thing and why is it so heavy to shake off and why is it so hard to uh, fight against um, a fight against this, this, this thing, this, this spirit, this, this thing that, you know, captivates um, younger adults and even older adults, you know, um, who slip and fall. It could be, listen, I've been in areas in my life where I will go abstinent for a year or two and slip that one time and have sexual activity with, um, with a person and realize like I made a mistake and realize a lot of things. That's why I'm able to talk about it and to let you know, like there are other things that come with fornicating like when you do that you open up doors to so many other things but before I get there I want to talk about my topic um you can't finesse fornication so for those that don't know what finessing is it's pretty much a skillful way of handling a situation kind of maneuvering things around to make it fit your way 
And when I was talking to the Lord and I was actually reading on fornication and I was like, you know, um, I came across a book that I had and I I love books. And I was reading this book called The uh, Root Issues. And in Root Issues, she has a um, she has a it's like a, uh, a chapter. I'm sorry. It's a chapter. And the chapter is called Sexual Immoralities. And in that chapter, she's talking about fornication. In her story, she was um, living with someone for a very long time. And I could actually um, um, relate to that story. Um, And she was living with someone who she was in love with. And this guy knew that she was in church and he knew that, you know, she loved Christ and that she really wanted to live right. But, you know, she find herself having sex with him and they were not a married couple. Um, they did not make a covenant with the, with God. And she knew that it was a sin. And then he came to the point where the guy was like, it's either me or your church. And that is when she had to make the decision to let go of that the, of that relationship with that guy that she loved so much. But she realized when she let that go, so many things were being blocked because of that situation. So many blessings, so many doors were being shut in her face um, because of that um, situation. And I could testify um, to that, um, being um, a mother of two children. And I was never married to either of my children's fathers. And um, I lived with my youngest daughter's father for six. I was with him for six years, but I lived with him for four years. And living with him for four years, um, I began to act as a wife. I did things as a wife and I did not have that title. And that thing will keep you in a pure trap. I know that for a fact, when you move into an apartment or a house or a place with someone that is not your husband or your wife, that is a trap. I'm trying to tell you, I can only speak on things that I had experienced myself. You will find yourself um, feeling like you're obligated to satisfy that person sexually. You will feel like you're obligated to keep their attention. You will feel as if you are a wife or a husband when you have not gotten that title. So it's the best way to, to the best way to avoid that situation is to not move in. I don't care how much you want to help that person out. I don't care how much you feel like that person can help you with bills. I don't feel like if you feel like you love this person, if this person is not willing to put a ring on your finger, you do not have no business sharing bills with them and living a life as if you are married. Because what it does is it it really um, takes you back to that whole saying why buy the cow if you can get the milk for free it really does and I know a lot of guys will say no that's not it but I mean when you look at it you can you know you really can see that when someone has most of all of you then they just they they decide that you have no more value you you you're not um in the area where they have to um work for the things that you have because you've given it all to them You've given them everything that they had to work for. So why work hard for it? So when you finesse something, you tend to handle it or do it like in a clever way. And so from experience, and I'm only talking from my experience, I've been with, you know, someone who um, 
will try to make sense of what we were doing. Um, They knew the Lord. They knew, you know, the word of God, but they would try to make some sense of what we were doing. And even I would try to make like an, what do you call it? Um, Compromise with God. Like, you know, God, this person said that they would marry me or, you know, I know that I'm, I'm going to be with this person forever. You know, if you already going to have this person as my husband, why can't I sleep with them now? I mean, it's, it's the same person. It's the same promise. Like, what is the difference from now until then? It's, like, it's almost like we're trying to convince God that what we want to do is right. And he's sitting up there like, girl, my word is my word. <laughs> my bond is my bond my word is my word can you please start trying to finesse me into making me bend my word for you like god is not going to bend his word just for you because this is something that you want it's because this is something that your flesh want we have to check ourselves on what we really saying like really think about what are you saying to god like are you really sitting up here Kwani, and trying and trying to finesse god and let him feel like the decision that you're making make sense like we really have to like sit back and look at ourselves and hear what we're saying to ourselves and realize that we're being like we're operating in the most ridiculous way like and we have to realize that what God says in his word is exactly what he says and this is what he means and we can't bend it we can't bend corners we can't go around it we can't go under it we literally have to um to reverence the word on how he has said it to us so the word fornication um actually comes from um a greek word um so it's it's like the greek word i think is called like forneria or something like that which is is spelled p um a-r-n-e-i-a and that word it actually comes from the english word pornography and so this word, fornication, pornography, all of that is all linked to sexual immorality. And so um, that is kind of like the root of that word. So I thought that maybe, you know, that would make some sense to you about that. And so the Jesus mentioned fornication in the Bible and he listed it under certain corrupting sins that came from a person's heart. I I feel like this is a sin of the heart because you, you kind of, and this is me again, speaking from experience, you sin before you actually do the activity of fornication. You kind of know what you're doing. You kind of know that it's going to happen. You kind of get yourself together for it. It's, it. it's very, very, very rare that you're caught off guard by fornication. Fornication is kind of premeditated. It's kind of like something that you kind of know you want to do, but you don't want to do it. But you're prepared if it does happen type of thing. <laughs> so it's like one of those things that one of those sins that actually come from the heart. Because what's in the heart of the man will come out. If this is something that you, you know, you desire, if this is something that you, your, your flesh wants and it craves, um, it's going to eventually come out. I don't care how much power you say. That's why I tell people to take yourself from temptation um, um, doors. Like if you know that, you know, homeboy coming over and 
it's really late and you know that he wants to stay over um you have to make a decision that is when you really have to make a decision that you have to leave because in your mind you already know after netflix and chill it's gonna be chill time and chill don't really mean chill and so you have to really think about the actions and the things that you do with that loved one or with that person that you are with in order for you to fight against temptation so sex is not meant to be a bad thing it's actually an activity that the lord created for a married couple and it's to be honored between a wife and a husband and you know this this marriage and this bed that is in the marriage is to be kept very undefiled and pure before god because even in marriages and even when you are made have when you have made a covenant with god it is possible for a married couple to make their bed unpure it's pretty it's it's things like so so sexual and in morality is not just something that happens with people that are not married it can actually happen with people that are married um, they can do all types of things. They can bring another person into their mar- to their bedroom. They can use um, pornography. All of these things that are not pleasant to God, you can actually make your bed in, as a married couple unpure. You really can. And that's another thing that a lot of people don't understand or know. So I'm going to go to the word out of 1 Corinthians 6 and 9. And it says, Know ye not... The unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Do not be deceived. Listen, do not be deceived. With all lust, with all sexual immorality, it's always coming to you in a deceitful way. To make you feel like what you're doing is okay. To make you feel like what you're doing, um, everybody is doing it. To make you feel like, you know, um, only this one time. And you can get it right the next time. So that's why I believe that word deceive is in that scripture. Because when you think about it, listen, it's always deceiving. Like it really is. It makes you think that you can't control it. It makes you think that you have to have it. Trust and believe it is deceiving. So neither a funicator or adulterers or um, homosexuality could make it into the kingdom of heaven. So if God is telling you this in his word, it's no way around it. It's no way that you can bend it. He's basically saying that two people who are not married, who are having sexual intercourse, will not make it into the kingdom of heaven. Knowing that, listen, you're knowing that you are doing this and it's unpleasing to my will. To keep yourself from that is pretty much like abstinence to... To not have sex until you are married. To not have intercourse with that person until you are under a covenant with the Lord, our God, our Savior. 1 Thessalonians 4 and 3. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality. So he's giving us the instructions. He's telling us in the Bible that to keep yourself sanctified, to keep your body pure before him as honoring him, you know, is to stay abstinent, to to abstain yourself from these things. 
A sexual sin, according to Apostle Paul, is a unique sin because this is the probably the only sin that you sin against your own body. Most of the all of the other sins are are like kind of like outside of your body, but when we sin against ourselves, against our body, it's kind of like we're 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 bringing sickness and death, or we're bringing all of these things into our body when we decide to let someone else flesh into our body, which is the the flesh and the body that we sacked that sake we gave back to God. So pretty much like when you became a believer and when you became born again, you gave your body back to God. You became one with him. So if you look at it this way, you are one with God. Okay. And when you have sex with someone, we did not ask God to have someone come into our covenants. You are married to our God until he gives your hand to the man that he feels is good for you or the woman that he feels who is worthy of you. So we are basically like violating our bodies and our union with Jesus. We don't even have the right to do what we want to do with our bodies when we become born again and when we give our bodies back to Christ. First of all, the Bible tells us that our temple, our body is the temple, is the house for the Holy Spirit. So when we invite sex and when we invite sin in, we cannot expect the Holy Spirit and sin to stay in the same place. That's impossible. That's impossible. We don't even realize the things that we are inviting into our environment and to our body when we are committing fornication. We invite envy. We invite strife. We invite anger. We sometimes invite depression. We sometimes invite, um, you know, envy and all these things. And it's just, goodness and bad things can't dwell in the same place i'm going to explain it to you like this so i was listening to um jerry flowers pastor jerry flowers and his wife and they were talking about sin and they was talking about people who bluntly sin and knowing that they're doing wrong and they try to say god know my heart and god this and then that and they kind of like did a parable of the weather and so with the weather whenever there is a hot air and atmosphere mixed with cold air it creates a thunderstorm so it's kind of going back to where God is saying you got to be hot or cold or else I will spit you out of my mouth that is what he's saying to us. It's like, you can't be all for me and then you fornicating with this person and then expect for a storm to not arise in your life. You're wondering why your finances are crazy. You're wondering why the relationship that you have with this person is suffering. You're wondering why you all of a sudden starting to feel envy about what he's doing, what she's doing. You're all of a sudden feeling insecure about how you 
look and all of these things because you're bringing so much into your body, into your atmosphere, into God's body. Because we are a part of God's body when we become born again. So when you invite all of these things in, you're, you are violating his temple. He doesn't want to live there. He doesn't want to dwell where sin is. And so we really have to think about that. We have to really think about what we're doing to the temple where God wants to dwell in. And what I've come to realize too is that sometimes you can be with the right person. Sometimes God can bless you with the right person. But what you do in that time of pursuing that person and what you do when you are dating that person could either make the process of getting married quick or it could prolong the process and you might have to go through some stuff. You decide. Because once you make that decision to have sex with that person, God sees you. You can't hide from him. He sees all. And he will deal with you accordingly. Whenever you dwell in sin, he will deal with you accordingly. Because he knows our hearts. He knows what we're, he knows our thoughts. He knows everything that we do. And God knows even when we are really sorry. He knows that when we really, really, really am sorry about the things that we have done. And God could turn things around. He can have mercy on you. But you have to be willing to do the work. You have to be willing to keep yourself from those things, from those people, from the things that listen music. Sometimes music could be in your ear gate and it gets in your heart and some of this sexual and sensual music makes you feel like you you can't wait to see that person or you know you can't wait to have sex or you you it makes you reminisce about the times when you did have sex these are things that you have to watch what you do you really do you have to watch what you do be mindful of the clothes that you wear when you're dating. Be mindful of the body parts that you're showing off. Be modest. Cover yourself. Don't walk around the house with the little shorts and all this other stuff. Listen, I know. I've done it. These are things that you are tempting that person with. And you want to you want to keep yourself covered. You want to keep yourself from violating God's space. So there's no way around it. It's, it's, it's either you doing it or you not. And you, and you have to make that decision because God doesn't change his heart about us. We change our position. We change our own posture. He's waiting on us to do the right thing. And it's not that he left us. It's not that he's deserted us. It's not that he, he's trying to punish us. It's that we turned away from him. We decided to go off and do what we wanted to do. But it's time to get back into the place of God where you're sorry, where you've repented, and where you're trying to make things right. If you are with someone who understands your walk with God, if you are with somebody who understands 
fornication and keeping abstinence into your life and understands the will of God. Thank God for that. Talk to them. Keep this as an open conversation. Don't don't try to put things under the rug. Be open about that and tell them, yes, I do desire you, but I desire you when we get married. And I should be enough to wait for. Because sometimes you have to make that decision together to know that you guys are on the same page. To know that you're on the same page. And if they are not on the same page and if they don't understand it, you're going to have to make a decision. You are going to have to make a decision because one thing that I know for sure and what I experienced in my life and what my mom used to tell me, either they're going to pull you your way, they way, or you going to pull them your way. Either they're going to pull you into sin or you're going to pull them closer to God because it ain't it can't go go two ways it's not gonna go two ways it's a very touchy subject and it's very 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 hard when you're young and you 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 know you've already experienced sex before and you're trying to live right for the lord it's very hard but it is doable and yes sometimes people may make mistakes i am not going to sit on here and tell you that you will not make mistakes because then i will be lying But you know what is right and you know how to talk to your father and you know how to make your wrongs right and you know how to repent and you know what you're supposed to do to keep yourself from doing it. I am not here to judge. I'm just here to be transparent. And I'm here because I understand and I'm here because I did fornicate before. And I know what it does to your mind. I know what it does to your body. I know what it does to your finances. I know what it does to your home. I know what it does to your worship. I know what it does to your relationship with God. It takes you away from his presence. It makes you act unseemly. It causes anger. It causes strife. If you really look at your past relationships, like just think about it. And if you had sex with that person, you ever notice why all of a sudden, like before things didn't bother you, but all of a sudden it bothers you not after you don't have sex with old boy? It's because it's not in the will of God. And because it's not in the will of God, the favor of God and his blessings is not on it. It's a mess. It's going to be a mess. But if you want the favor of God to bless the union that you have with your boyfriend or girlfriend, if you want God to bless y'all to have a wonderful experience of pursuing each other and dating each other in peace and harmony, if you want God to bless his hands upon that relationship, honor him with keeping your bodies. It is going to be worth it. It's other, it's other things that you can do that has intimacy in it. Talking for long periods of time, getting to know each other, holding hands, you know, just spending time with each other. It is okay to love on that person, to hug that person because you want to show affection, but you have to know your limits. You have to know your limits. And I just want to encourage those that are dating 
and that are that are in relationships to not be afraid to speak your truth to not be afraid to tell them that this is what I want to wait on because if they love you they will understand and they will take heed to what you say to them and if they love God they will want to treat God's daughter because you are not just a person you are a child of the king they will want to treat God's daughter the best way that they can because they know that their father is watching them and they will want to honor him so I just want to say to you is to stay strong don't allow mistakes to keep you feeling guilty lift up your head repent and really pray to God to help you keep your body under subjection because sometimes you have to let God know like if you want me to do this God I need the Holy Spirit to help me give me wisdom in the things that I do give me wisdom in how I handle my boyfriend or girlfriend give me wisdom on the places that I go and the things that I do so that I won't be weak and my flesh will not rise but Holy Spirit lead and guide me in all the things that I do direct my path help me to see what it is that you want me to do how can I honor my body so that you can dwell in me Jesus that is what you need to ask him that is what you have to be honest about that is what you have to be honest about so I hope that you guys got something from this and it is it is either or it is or it ain't you cannot finesse fornication and that's pretty much what I wanted to get to you is that man <laughs> ain't no way around it either you gonna do it and you gonna find yourself in a lot of trouble a lot of sin you gonna find yourself unhappy you gonna find yourself crying you gonna find yourself in a lot of just a mess or either you're going to honor God and enjoy the person that he placed in your life enjoy his blessings and for him to bless your union that is amazing when that happens it's a beautiful thing a beautiful thing so y'all stay encouraged and i talk to y'all again on my next episode and you guys um stay true to yourself and most of all stay true to god peace